If I've said it once, I've said it twice. Trust Parker's balls. Parker Thune's balls were right again yesterday. His crystal ball, that is, four-star corner Josiah Wagner out of the state of Washington commits to OU. Yes, I'm going to do that after uh, every single time OU oh gets a commit gosh. now. Yeah, I'm just, just let you know. That's going to be a thing here. Uh, I make one crack on a message board, and all of a sudden it's a running gag on this Nothing show. Nothing gets past uh, really me and Steele. We see everything. Always searching for audio or searching for some content. We see everything. We are in the we are the eye in the sky that doesn't lie. But, hey, top eight class, let's go. Maybe even higher than that by the time this week ends. OU is uh, rolling in recruiting now, and I just – would like this opportunity to point out that it was less than a month ago when people were trying to say that OU football recruiting was in terrible shape, it's in shambles. I mean, <laughs> A&M is owning Houston right now, and of course Texas is owning DFW. OU can't even recruit its own state right now. That was less than a month ago. They're a top eight class, which kind of bears the question now. And I did not think that I would be asking you this at any point during this recruiting cycle, and certainly not this quickly. And OU does have some ground to make up in this regard, but they've got the number eight overall class. Texas has the number four overall class. I'm just asking, what's the scenario here? Is there a scenario where OU actually has a higher ranked class than Texas when it's all said and done? I mean, there is a scenario. I still wouldn't count on it. But then again, Tyler, I, I say that, and I'm thinking about what's going to happen when those two teams hit the field in 2022. And, uh, like, consider this. Consider this. What if we were in this position a year ago, where Texas had the number four class, Oklahoma had the number eight class, and Texas stumbled to a five and seven campaign highlighted by a home loss to Kansas? And Oklahoma put together an 11 and 2 campaign that most still regarded as a disappointment. I have I have very mixed feelings about this because on the one hand, I think the performance on the field this fall will help Oklahoma, and it will serve to Texas's detriment sure. in terms of recruiting. But we've seen this play out so many times in the past. And outside of a few notable exceptions, Billy Bowman being one. More often than not, Texas's performance on the football field doesn't prevent them from signing yeah. blue chip recruits. Yeah, now in the early 2000s when OU was delivering haymaker after haymaker every single year in the Cotton Bowl, it felt like that was the edge that OU needed to get an Adrian Peterson, to get a Tommy Harris, um, maybe even to get a Rep Bomar at that time. But that was in a different period where – you know, if you're one of the top players in the state of Texas, you're either going to Texas, you're either going to OU, or you might even be going to Texas A&M. It was that three. But as we discussed, the state of Texas is more wide open than it's ever been before. But, yeah, I mean, y you would hope, you would think that if a re certain recruitment comes down to OU in Texas, and we've seen it before in the past, the result of that game can swing things one way or the other. But I, I don't know if there's a certain recruit out there where that's really going to be the case. I, I realize I never gave a definitive answer to your question. Yes, so I know. I, that's, that's okay. No, I, no, here's, here's my answer. There is a world in which Oklahoma signs a better recruiting class than Texas. I think it would have to be the perfect storm. So 
if you're asking me if there is a possibility OU out-recruits out Texas, yes, I believe there is. If you're asking me if I believe if that Oklahoma will ultimately out-recruit Texas, my answer would be no. Because I think Texas, for whatever reason, has some sort of immunity on the recruiting trail to the point where no matter how bad things get, and things got bad last fall, for instance, 57-56. That was the Kansas final score, in case you uh, you don't have that in your... I, I don't know how every OU fan doesn't know offhand that the final score of the Texas-Kansas game was 57-56, but that's what you're referencing. But somehow, despite the fact that things got that bad, a walk-on backup fullback caught the game-winning two-point conversion to lead Kansas to a stunning road upset of the University of Texas. Regardless, Texas still signed a top-five recruiting class last year. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. It never will. But somehow, Texas just keeps stacking elite classes. One thing they can do is recruit. One thing they cannot do is develop or make that talent crystallize into on-field it is amazing. It's not the first time we've seen that before. Like in, in kind of what you're saying, this is not the first five and seven that we've seen from Texas in the past decade. In fact, I think that was what the third, fourth, five and seven season that we've seen in the past decade. And they continue to throw out legit recruiting classes year after year. I just think it would be fascinating in that, you know, OU would, you know, there were a couple narratives that was out that were out there for OU recruiting. There were a lot of narratives. But two in particular, oh, Lincoln Riley is going to go out to USC and just dominate the West Coast in recruiting. Dude, it's ball game out on the West Coast once Lincoln's end up at USC. Well, there's a really good chance, really good chance, OU ends up with a better class than USC. And then Texas, once they get Arch and all those commitments off of the Arch commitment, it was, oh, God, Texas might have the number one overall class. I mean, there were some people making these grand proclamations based on Texas having a high recruiting class as if it's never happened before. It would just be funny if OU ends up having a higher class than both US, USC and Texas. And I agree with you. I, I don't think the odds are likely. But, 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 if you get DJ Hicks, your second five-star in this class, there is maybe a chance. Um, Texas is ranked four spots higher, but the average star ranking right now, Parker, um, Texas is 91.83. OU's is 91.32. Texas has three more commits than OU right now, so you get a top six player in the country in the number one defensive line, that, that swings pretty heavily in OU's favor. The DJ Hicks recruitment is going to be, at risk of stating the obvious, the most consequential in this class for Oklahoma because they're going to sign a dang good class. But I think DJ Hicks is what's going to distinguish whether between whether this class is great and whether it's elite. Because you add a top 10 overall prospect nationally in the 24-7 sports composite as the capstone in addition to the outstanding building blocks that you already have and guys like Jackson Arnold, Caden Green, P.J. Adabare, that's that That is ending your first full recruiting cycle with a flourish if Brent Venables and Todd Bates pull that off because they're probably not going to pull it off. Nobody's going to pull it off until January or February with DJ Hicks. So that, that very well has the opportunity to be the last addition that Oklahoma makes in this recruiting cycle. And if it is, 
man, that is momentum. Yeah. That is closing with a flourish, and that is building a ton of momentum in preparation for what should be a 2024 recruiting cycle for Oklahoma that is just as good, if not better, than 2023. And, uh, by the way, uh, Muleshoe did get a four-star offensive lineman yesterday. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, he finally yeah, uh, didn't the, strike the out an O-lineman. Wow. How about that? Hopefully he can play all five positions. That's probably what they're going to need from him as a true freshman. Can he play the, more than just one spot on the O-line? I, I, I guess I, we're about I, to I find hope, out. I, I hope so, man. Uh, Air Coverage Solutions text line, why is OU seemingly doing a better job in recruiting in the Brent Venables era without having played a single game under Brent Venables than the Muleshoe era? Yeah, I don't know if OU is recruiting better offensive players than they were under the Muleshoe era, but they are getting higher-rated, better defensive players. That 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 we see. Why is that the case? I I think it's as simple as this staff has a credibility on the defensive side of the ball that the previous staff didn't. Precisely, and they are far better at evaluating than the old staff. And I want to give the old staff their due. That is one thing that they could do is evaluate. Robert Spears Jennings was one of the best evals of the last decade for the University Ooh, of Oklahoma. Wow, already putting the expectations on. No, right. I'm just saying, like, and I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to put anything on RSJ's shoulders. I'm just saying, where the Sooners, where he was. I get what you mean, yeah, where yeah, he was right. initially. And then and was, really, he, and, and I called uh, Broken Arrow games for the past, like, eight or nine years when they played Norman High. And I remembered him as a wide receiver, not a defensive back. Yeah, exactly. So, so the, I, when, I see what you mean. Yeah, there. when the Sooners offered him and got him committed, he was like he was well outside the national top 1,000. By the end of the cycle, he was a top 150 player in the number six safety in the country. So the old staff could evaluate, but you see the new staff land a kid like PJ Adabare, and then watch his stock soar through the roof. That gives you a lot of optimism that even if. Oklahoma looks like three-star U every March and April for the next decade. By June and July, they're going to look a whole lot smarter than most people are taking them for in the early parts of the spring. Yeah, and and, and I like to use the Clemson example of where they were ranked and the classes that they had on their way to winning a couple national championships. We've referenced it a few times, but... Clemson did not have the number one, the number two, the number three, even like the number five recruiting class on their come up. In fact, Teddy and I looked at it yesterday. Clemson wins the national title in 2016. How about that? They make it to the national championship game in 2015, a possession away from winning the title. 2016, they win the title. 2017, they get back to the uh, college football playoff and lose to Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. So they're kind of at their height at that point. Three consecutive playoff appearances, two championship games, one title. And in that 2018 class, Parker, when they really have it rolling, Clemson's the second-best program in college football, they sign a class of 17 kids, and five of them were three-star players. Almost a third of it, when they were at their peak, were three-star players. And they had signed three-star players in the past that were Skalski, who's been a beast for them at Packer, Isaiah Simmons, who was a first-round draft pick. So don't just get hung up on the stars. This staff knows how to evaluate. They know how to develop. It's Not everyone needs to be a five-star in this group. You need no. five stars, but don't get hung up on the three-star. No, star. and don't, don't get hung up on the stars anyway. But even so, if a third of your class is three-stars – if every class you sign is composed of 33% three-stars, 
that means your blue chip ratio is still 67%, which is going to be a top five blue chip ratio in college football year after year. Uh, only way OU finishes over Texas this year is if a serious NIL bagman sides with uh, OU. Well, if that's what you believe, I don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah, no, that's, that, that is not the Brent Venables culture. That is never going to be Oklahoma's M.O. Now, again, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but I don't think that's what you should want either yeah. if you're an Oklahoma fan. See what Brent Venables can do with his philosophy and his staff and his hand-picked team of assistants and associates in terms of recruiting and development before you start jumping on the bandwagon and saying, well, Oklahoma's going to need to throw around money left and right if they want to compete. 909 area code. By the way, on Huskers.com, in order to buy the OU game, you must also purchase two other games. Yeah, I did see that. Um, If you want to go directly through Nebraska's website, you have to buy like the North Dakota. You have to buy the North Dakota and Georgia Southern game. <laughs> you got to get the uh, the three game mini pack there. Hey, that Georgia Southern game might be worth buying a ticket yeah, to because yeah, I- yeah. two hundred and seventy dollars plus per ticket fees for that one. So I hey, I hope a lot of you got in on the face value tickets I told you to do last week. Uh, on Huskers.com, I know my buddy Terry Price bought like eight of those tickets. And I think those tickets that were bought, it's going to be predominantly OU fans in that end zone section. So I'm ready to party with you guys. I'm ready to party with you guys. And the ref will be live Friday and Saturday from the grounds of both Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska for that trip. So I, if you're heading to Lincoln for that weekend, week three, just go ahead and uh, – just go ahead and put it in your plans that you're going to hang out with the ref on Friday and Saturday. You're going to be in Omaha we're, on Friday. We're going to have a uh, we're going to have a big time. I can assure you of that. It's going to be uh, it's going to be good. We've got a ton of text to get to, man. Air Coverage Solutions text line 405-651-3439. As always, we appreciate the interaction, but keep it coming. Let's go. Let's talk Cruton. Let's talk football. Thirty nine days away until kickoff. It is locked in live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. Hey, you said something in passing at the tail end of the last segment that... You're right. It is going to happen. You mentioned the Georgia Southern game against Nebraska. Nebraska's going to beat Northwestern convincingly in Dublin, and we're going to say, oh, okay, hey, maybe Nebraska's a little bit better. They're going to take care of North Dakota, and it's like, all right, like we're going to get an undefeated Nebraska OU. Like Nebraska looks a lot better. Okay. You're totally right. They're going to drop that week three game. Man, I've Georgia seen it happen Southern. so many times oh with that team. Oh, my God. How awful I, would that be if that happened? <laughs> I have seen them lose to Troy at home in non-conference oh. play. I have seen them lose to Northern Illinois at oh, home man. in non-conference play. I'm trying to think, which other just – Does Georgia uh, Southern run the triple option? No, they don't. It's Well, Clay Helton is the head coach. Okay, now. yeah, yeah. So, right, yeah. they actually – like. That program might be a sneaky good group of five team in a couple of years because they got Clay Helton as head coach. They got Will Harris as defensive coordinator, who was the mastermind behind the secondary up at Washington, which very quietly has been one of the most capable, like 
When you're talking about programs that put defensive backs in the NFL, I think Washington has put more defensive backs in the NFL than anybody over the past five years. I j- look, I already think that, and I'm not sitting here overly concerned with what the national narrative is with OU this year. I mean, clearly, I disagree with pretty much all of it this offseason. But OU's not going to get any credit for this win, as it is, most likely. And, God, if they lose to Georgia Southern the week before they even play the game, geez, I'm telling you. Don't. Don't. It is, come on, Nebraska. I'm telling like, watch that game. Watch Nebraska and Georgia Southern. That will be a game worth watching because I promise you that is exactly the type of game, if you've watched any amount of Nebraska football over the last 10 years, that is the type of game that they can and will lose. Oh, they'll overlook it because that OU game is – I don't know if it's their season, but it's clearly the biggest game on their schedule. They beat OU. They got something going on. They can have a really nice year. Um, and Georgia Southern is the week before. Air Coverage uh-huh. Solutions text line. Bear with me, y'all. After careful consideration, I've decided that Texas is going to go 4-8 and eight and have a colossal meltdown. The program and fans have lost their minds. They believe Quinn Ewers, Mr. Gives You the Wrong Windshield Wipers at AutoZone, and their wet paper offensive line will produce results. In a culture that is all about self, they will absolutely crumble like never before. We will get a trilogy to the 2011 and 2012 Red River Massacres and laugh hysterically as KU wins two in a row against Texas. Uh, look, I'm not going to pick him to go 4-8, and eight, but at the same time, I don't think another 5-7 and seven or even a 6-6 six and six is totally crazy, and here's why. We all recognize Texas as a front-running program, don't we? Yeah, everyone's nodding their heads right now. They're going to lose to Bama. All right, just go ahead and chalk that one up. If they were to lose to Texas Tech or West Virginia, one of those two games, and then lose to Oklahoma, and they've got two conference losses and three losses overall by the time they walk out of the second Saturday of October, they already have three losses in mid-October, buddy, There will be some throw-in-the-towel factor going on at UT, and we've seen that before. They'll get hyped up for the Bama game. They'll get hyped up for the OU game. But if they roll out of Dallas with three or maybe even two losses, then all this hype that they have, all this fake momentum that they think that they generated goes out the window. You could see a real bad Texas team the final half of the season if they have nothing to play for. Here's my question. Who's going to break Texas? The easy answer is Alabama. But who's going to break this program? It happens every single year. OU broke them last year. Heck, OU broke them in 2020, too. So if it's not Alabama and it's not Oklahoma, who breaks Texas? Um, I th- <laughs> there's TCU? A, there's a lot of candidates here. No, I think it happens before that. I think Kansas State. I think Kansas really? State yeah. is the epitome of of what Texas isn't. I mean, I I think that they're the exact opposite. Texas recruits at a high level. Kansas State doesn't. Kansas State focuses on the details. Texas really doesn't. Kansas State has legitimate toughness within the program. Texas doesn't. I mean, they are opposites, and the purple side of that has really kind of kicked in the teeth of Texas here over the past decade plus. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Has anyone seen Teddy yet? Kind of worried about him after I heard they're discontinuing the Klondike Choco Taco. Yeah, he's uh, sitting up front by the front door right now with his uh, feet kicked up. He's in mourning. 
he he's been silent this whole time. I don't I don't really know. Miguel Chavis was pretty upset by it as well last night on social media. Was he really? Yeah, I didn't see that. Anytime Chavis. By the way, was he was he um was he talking about someone in particular? Yeah, this I, was past about, weekend? I was about to say. Kinda, I had that written kinda down. Kind of seemed like he was a subtweet going on. He was on. throwing some fodder to the hashtag Archanon crowd. That's kind of what I thought as well, and. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everyone re- responded with that, by the way. I'm trying to pull it back up to see exactly uh, what he said. But uh, basically, he was just talking about what, you know, recruiting rankings and how you can't always use that as the gospel for everything. He was- says recruiting services and their employees play a very unique role in the recruiting prospect. A prospect's ranking is earned so long as their body of work, athletic ceiling, and intangibles are properly evaluated. Composites are helpful, but groupthink is still possible. An institution free from bias is a fairy tale, so equity and fairness should be expected from recruiting services, but not perfection or otherworldly object, uh, objectivity. Recruiting hype is fun. It brings in ton of money, creates job for thousands, and saying that recruiting personnel should be re- respected for their job, but, you know, it's about the kids and drop the temptation to overvalue the, you know, the opinion, basically. Translation. Hashtag Archanon. Yeah. If he's throwing out subtweets towards Archanon, I am uh, I am here for it, man. Texas will struggle with UTSA after Bama. That's on the text line. UTSA won like uh, eleven. They were eleven and one in the regular season last year. Yeah, they were headed. I, th- I think it was North Texas that just beat the brakes off them. And I want to say it was their regular season finale. They had a chance to finish the regular season completely undefeated, and just got boat raced by North Texas of all teams. So, I mean, Texas is going to be a little beat up after. I think the UTS game is the week after the Bama game. Um, that's not, I, Look, Texas is far better than UTSA is. Even though UTSA won 11 games last year, Texas should win that game. They're more talented. But coming off that Bama game, if you get embarrassed a little bit, if you get beat up, uh, there's, there's some games to watch out for. Th- look, this is the same program that lost to Kansas at home. So don't text in and say it's ludicrous to think that UTSA can beat them. Texas lost to Kansas. Anything and everything is on the table this year. Uh, Say UTSA does beat Texas. How quickly do the UT boosters run Sarkeesian out of town and hire Jeff Trailer in his place? Oh, Jeff Trailer will be coaching the OU game (laughs) this year instead. (laughs) Doug the contrarian from Norman here. Worst case scenario, Gabriel gets hurt like he did last year. Who will emerge as the number two and number three? Choices are A, Booty, B, Bowens, C, Bevel, D, Evers, or E, Rucker. Give me Booty, baby. Yeah, I would say Booty and Bevel are your I'm, two and I'm three. riding with Booty. Yeah, that's a, it's a good ride to be on. Riding with Booty, as always. Rush three, drop eight, pretty well stumped Mule Shoes offense last year. How will Lebby's offense fare against, t- against teams that do that to him this year? Well, they'll probably just run the they'll ball. They'll just run the ball. That's what, you know, Lebby is a run-first type of OC, and you saw it last year at Ole Miss. That's with the running backs. That's with the quarterback. I, I-, I think he gets thrown into this group, and maybe it's because he's been with Lane Kiffin that he's just this air raid type of guy that goes up-tempo, sure, he'll go up-tempo, but just go back and look at the numbers, man. Like, Jeff Levy runs the football. 
Jeff Lebby definitely runs in football. I'm not I'm not concerned about that. I don't think the rush three drop eight will be the kryptonite of the offense this year. A couple things on the Air Comfort Solutions text line before we hit a break here. Uh, if Texas falls apart in the same manner they did last year, is Sark out? Yes, I think so. I do think so. Um, is there a chance Derek LeBlanc can bring John Walker to the Sooner Camp too? Uh, John Walker is going to be a UCF Knight. Interesting. John Walker's not going to go to Ohio State. He's not going to go to Florida. He didn't mark this down. And I, I might have mentioned this a couple weeks ago on the show. We haven't talked about John Walker a whole lot, but high school teammate of Derek LeBlanc, another blue-chip defensive lineman. John Walker is going to be a UCF Knight. I am very confident in that based on some folks that I've talked to about that situation. Uh, we have an aspiring philanthropist on the Air Comfort Solutions text Uh-oh. line who says, after I win the Mega Millions tonight for 800 mil, going to dome our stadium. Hate this heat. Yeah, I know the Chicago, the Chicago Bears, they're trying to keep Soldier Field. They're trying to keep the team or the stadium in Chicago. So they propose like a dome over the current Soldier Field. Uh, no, no dome over, uh, no, no dome over Owen Field. I call it Owen Field, not Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Or I'll just say the stadium. Another listener no said, Texas will have a moral victory against Alabama, i.e. a close loss and proceed to beat their chest about it. I promise you that'll just happen. Just like LSU? The, the narrative from the Texas media will be like, we just covered so hard on Alabama. It, it, it will be no different than the LSU game where they played within a touchdown of LSU in 2019, right? And some Texas fans were actually bragging at the end of the year. Um, well, we played LSU a lot closer than you did. Well, cool. Oh, you won the conference and they were in the playoff. What bowl game were you in again, Texas, back in 2019? No one even remembers what bowl game they were in in 2019. I, I don't remember either. Were they in the Texas Bowl that year? No, that was A&M. That was A&M. Is that the year they beat Colorado in the Alamo Bowl? That could be. May have been I, it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I All those crappy bowl games run together for me. Uh, receive my Nebraska tickets today. Thanks for the heads up. Hashtag party with the ref in Omaha. Yeah, we got ours today, too. We are in Section 16A. So if you are in Section 16A, OU fans, uh, get ready to party at 11 a.m. Uh, week 3 in Lincoln, Nebraska. Actually, get ready to hang out before that because we're going to be doing our pregame somewhere in Lincoln. But that's going to be it's going to be an awesome weekend, man. Oh. In fact, I think that might be OU Texas is always awesome Parker, but the Nebraska game, it's the one game I'm excited about the most this season. Regular really season, more more so than OU Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it is. I, I just I've I've never seen OU Nebraska and Lincoln before. No, and I am st- I am stoked timer. about that game. It's really hard to get me more excited about any game than OU Texas, mostly because like I'm looking forward at this point to coming back to the office on what would that be October October 10th that Monday, and just running Jeff Ketchum's post game show in its entirety in place of our regularly scheduled programming here. But I will say this: I I have not been excited about a non OU Texas game as much so as I am about this OU Nebraska game in quite a while. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. 405-651-3439. You guys are killing it on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, as always. More to come next. Keep it locked in the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. 
Will OU have a four-star quarterback on campus tomorrow? Yes, they will, Tyler hmm, McComas. Interesting. Michael Hawkins, four-star quarterback, 2024 oh, I was, was going to let the suspense drag out for a couple more minutes, but no, I was, that's it's getting right to yeah, it. It's, 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 right it's Michael to Hawkins. It. He's back on campus tomorrow. He. Uh, this is an unofficial. He doesn't have an offer from OU yet, correct? Not yet, anyways. Uh, maybe that changes tomorrow. He does have I offers. I hope so, man. I hope so, because you talk about – and that was one of the things that Brent Venables talked about from the get-go when he took the Oklahoma head coaching job is we want guys that want to be here. And Michael Hawkins is one of those guys that wants to be here. And I understand that Oklahoma, more than anything at the quarterback position in 2024, would like to have DJ Lagway. It just feels like that recruitment right now – and Oklahoma's in it. I don't want to make it seem like they're not. But it feels like that recruitment is going to get very, very convoluted. You mean NIL uh, price gouging? Uh, I, I wasn't going to say it, but yes. Okay. Right. It's just, you know, it, it's become the norm for five-star quarterbacks. <laughs> you get a guy that's, what? what oh boy, what is it? Uh, we're talking about Michael Hawkins, and Kendall says any relation to Dan Hawkins. Not, not exactly. <laughs> not exactly. Not remotely. Go play intramurals, brother. No, uh, former Sooner Michael Hawkins. How about that? There, he, there is a relation there, all right, but not to, not to Dan Hawkins. Yeah, old man played cornerback at Oklahoma in the early 2000s. Uh, we've, we've talked about him quite a bit on this show because – uh, he's a top 150 national prospect in the class of 2024. And uh, I, I, I will say this about the Lagway situation. I talked to a source down in Florida who is very, very confident that Florida is going to end up being the spot for DJ Lagway. Because yeah. the, the way it was phrased to me was they missed on Rashada. They are going to make absolutely certain they do not miss on Lagway. Well, so that. that- 100-member staff that they have, I'm sure that they're on it right now. Florida, they, they've got to get something big at quarterback, man. If Billy Napier's going to get it going, um, there's some hype around Anthony Richardson. And Billy Napier at which, SEC which Media I, Day last week was like, let's kind of calm down the hype here on Anthony Richardson, maybe. He was trying to put out those flames a little bit. It goes somewhat understated, but... Outside of Kyle Trask's one wondrous season, Florida has had a few rough years at the quarterback position. And I don't get the AR-15 hype. Sorry, I'm not supposed to call him that anymore. He doesn't like that. I I don't get the Anthony Richardson hype. Physically, it is all there, but I got to see it. And we've seen Anthony Richardson play football. It hasn't been outstanding thus far, so... I'm not saying Anthony Richardson isn't the answer at Florida, but I'm not sold on yeah. him being the biggest thing since sliced bread. It's very similar to the Emory Jones hype that yes. existed last year, yes. and we saw what Florida was last year. So I now, know we're getting in the weeds on some Florida football talk. All that to say is that Florida is going to um, put their best foot forward when it comes to trying to land DJ Lagway. Yes, but on the topic of Michael Hawkins, I mean, the next the next guy on the board, ostensibly speaking, at the quarterback position beyond DJ Lagway for Oklahoma is Michael Van Buren, uh, the high four-star kid out of the state of Maryland. Uh, same high school, St. Francis Academy, that produced former Oklahoma commits and current Michigan Wolverine Derek Moore. So, you remember rem- remember when was Oklahoma wide, was, was he a wide receiver? No, was, he was a defensive lineman. Gosh. This was, I, I do not remember him. No. 
This was just last year. Jeez. He well. decommitted the day that Muleshoe ditched. But he was a top 100 player nationally. He would have been, along with Gabriel Brownlow-Dindy, one of two top 100 players that the Sooners signed on the defensive line. So uh, there's that. But for for Van Buren, that's a guy that was at the future 50, uh, performed very well earlier this month. Roomed with Jackson Arnold. Roomed with Jackson Arnold. Asked so about the some, offense there. Some intrigue there. But at this point, I'm I'm beginning to lean more in the direction of it being either Van Buren or Michael Hawkins at quarterback for Oklahoma in 2024 because I do think Hawkins is going to be the next guy that they offer at the position. He has to be. Yeah, but look, look he, Michael Hawkins doesn't have an OU offer yet. That doesn't mean that he's not a good player. He is a good player. He's a four-star prospect right now, and he has offers from Alabama. He has one from Michigan. He's got one from Arkansas. He's got some from... If Bama's throwing out an offer to him, he's he's a good quarterback. I tell you so. what, Arkansas is the leader in the clubhouse right now for Michael Hawkins. Yeah, so. yeah. they are gum- they are coming hard after the kid. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Uh, Macari Vickers, by the way, he announced uh, August 26th at halftime of his first home game is when he's going to make his uh, make his decision. So, would you? I I feel good about Macari Vickers. Is it fair to say an OU lean right now, four-star out of Tallahassee? I think it's fair to say if Caleb Downs commits to Alabama tomorrow, you can wrap this one up, sign it, seal it, and deliver it to the Oklahoma Sooners. I think Makari Vickers is going to be a Sooner, as, as things stand right now, I think he is assuredly going to be a Sooner if Caleb Downs goes Crimson Tide tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Nice nice job, text line. Thanks for uh, pointing this out. Excuse me, but I have been underselling OU's 2020, 2023 recruiting class. It is not a top eight class right now. I guess ESPN, their rankings, it just got updated in the composite rankings, team rankings, whatever. Oh. OU's now the number seven overall class, just jumped Tennessee. Hello. So. <laughs> hey, just saying. I don't know if they'll get there to the top six. They'll jump Penn State with Derek LeBlanc on Thursday if that happens. But, oh, you got the number seven overall recruiting class right now. So, uh, things have significantly changed over the past four weeks. And OU Twitter has done a phenomenal job of keeping the receipts, which we were recommending circa mid-June because it was a very popular time to be dunking on Oklahoma, especially right after Texas got – Arch Manning. All right, there was a lot of smack talked by the Longhorn faithful uh, around that point in time. It would have been right about the time that Oklahoma was playing in the College World Series. But ever since then, man, I don't know if there's been a team that's stayed, gotten and stayed hotter on the recruiting trail over the last 30 days than Oklahoma. Ten commits in yeah. 30 days, Tyler. Could be a yeah, lot of Yeah, and, and we were trying to lead the charge on, you know, just, just calm down. You know, calm down. Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen in the month of July. And it wasn't every single OU fan that was freaking out. Maybe not even the majority of OU fans were worried about recruiting. But there were certainly some that were out there. Doesn't it sound crazy now that we would ever freak out about this staff? This staff's ability to recruit? You've got probably the most successful assistant coach in college football history. Certainly, on that list, right, with what Britt Vittables has accomplished. The ties this staff has in the Southeast, in the state of Florida, with Todd Bates, the most recognizable running backs coach in all of college football, right, with DeMarco Murray. 
uh, an offensive line coach in Bill Bedenboe that everyone seems to respect nationally. I don't have to run down the entire staff. You get the point. It does kind of seem silly now, Parker, that we ever really doubted this staff's ability to recruit because of the skins that they have on the wall, the relationships they have in certain areas of the country. Of course this staff was going to be able to recruit at a high level. Of course they were. By the way, as the latest ESPN rankings continue to be incorporated into the 24-7 sports composite, Samuel Masigo is now the number 146 player in the nation. Wow. That's an eval right there. That man. is an eval. And P.J. Anabari is up to number 51. Jeez. He's <laughs> right on the outside of a top 50 player. Almost another like nice these eval. fellows know what they're doing. Yeah, another Another nice eval. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. One final segment of Locked In coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Elite Roofing Systems bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. Let's get to a few texts before we get out of here. By the way, Bob Stoops coming up today at 320 on The Rush. Curious in Connecticut says, I always regretted that Hawkins Sr., couldn't remain at OU. In today's NIL era, he likely would have stayed eligible. Any bad feelings with OU? Sure didn't feel that way. Asking if Michael Hawkins Sr. has any bad I, feelings towards no, OU. No, 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 not at all. I, I was just trying to process that question for a second. No, no, there's none whatsoever. Uh, Hawk is still a Sooner through and through. Uh, Michael, uh, the younger one, grew up an OU fan, has always wanted that Oklahoma offer, so... Uh, to, for, to, to the best of my knowledge, and the first time I met Hawk was when he came and sought me out after uh, I had gone to an Allen game and I was walking out of the stadium. He came, ran me down, and talked about how uh, how his kid was the quarterback and was going to be a guy whose name everybody should know. Um, he made it very clear to me from the get-go that – Oklahoma was kind of it, it was the dream yeah instance. and that's what I was just about to kind of say is it feels like you mentioned earlier with him that Arkansas in terms of his offers the schools that have actually offered might be in the lead right now Arkansas is really pursuing him obviously an Alabama offer at any position but definitely quarterback right now is intriguing but it does have the feel to it, Parker, that they're really waiting on the Oklahoma offer, and they're really waiting on that Oklahoma offer. And the lead that Arkansas may have at this point, once you get the OU offer, that, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens from there. And don't anyone be saying any Cole Adams references on the text line, okay? We're almost pitching a shutout here on Cole Adams references. I think Kendall is the only one keeping the Cole Adams discourse alive. I feel like that's so, accurate. Uh, but, no, I with the Michael Hawkins situation – if he is a Sooner in the end, if he is Oklahoma's quarterback in the 2024 class, that is something you can feel really, really good about because that kid is going to be a superstar at the next level. He has it. And when I say it, it's just it's almost something you can't even quantify. He's got every skill you could want in a collegiate quarterback, but it's just the way that he carries himself, his demeanor, on the football field. You know, you talk about a quality like that, and the I think the first player that comes to mind for everybody with that conversation is Baker Mayfield. Right? But there's there's just never gonna be another Baker Mayfield. He's one of a kind. And yeah. for Michael Hawkins, I think the way that he carries himself and the attitude that he adopts and espouses on the football field is its own kind of unique flavor. And 
it's more similar to, and I'll compare him in terms of his mentality uh, to another Allen guy, Kyler Murray. I think he and Kyler Murray have very similar leadership styles, and that's one of the things that we. What about film watching styles? Do they share that? <laughs> oh man, almost made it through the show without opening that can of worms. Yeah, but <laughs> four four hours a week, Kyler, and no video games in the background. Four hours a week. Wow, I gotta watch four you hours know, a week of film. We've Jeez. talked about how different Baker and Kyler and Jalen were as leaders. Baker was more vociferous in your face. Kyler was a lot more subdued and business like. That's kind of where Michael trends towards. So uh, he's a guy that's just gonna come in, do his job, take care of business and be a consistent positive influence in the locker room. That's the type of guy that is welcome in a Brent Venables program. By the way, I was doing uh, prep work today, uh, right when you and Steely were on the air at noon. And in that first segment, you guys are talking about your mattress situation. Yes. And I'm in there on a computer doing prep work, but I have your show turned up from where I'm at. Two minutes after you get done with the mattress conversation, there's mattress ads all over the internet pages where I'm doing prep work on. So oh, big they tech. They are listening. They are listening to the big conversation. Big tech. Your uh, FBI agents are all over that situation. Is it? What, what's the running theory? Is that the FBI is monitoring your online activity, or is it just... I think, it, yeah. Okay. Uh, FBI and everyone else. Or is it Amazon at this point? Because... I think USC is probably monitoring our activity over here for what we've been saying the past seven months. Uh, last QB OU got out of Allen worked in their favor. Yes. When do OU fans need to start looking out for assistant coaches to take bigger roles? Murray, Chavis, Valai. Chavis probably pretty quickly. Valai yeah. probably pretty quickly. DeMarco, I kind of get the feeling that DeMarco's he's good a here. lifer, bro. DeMarco's going to be chilling at OU for. As long as he wants to go. It can happen. I kind of get the feel that he's going to be here for quite some time. We'll see. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked to the ref. We're the homeless fans.